the President of the United States has been impeached. There are several things about the impeachment that I want to discuss. In particular, I want to play a particular clip from a Georgia congressman defending Donald Trump. I think it's deeply, deeply insightful to the Republican defense of him. Also want to play, I'm sorry, a clip from Donald Trump that gives us a real glimpse into how his mind is working in this moment. And I want to talk to us about what's next. Of course, there'll be a Senate trial, but it appears the Democrats are doing something that has never been done before. Donald Trump was just the third president to ever be impeached. I want to give you some facts about that impeachment, talk to you about some of the historic precedent, and break it all down. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. Here we are. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, was impeached. And he should have been impeached. Congress impeached him on two grounds. Uh, One is contempt of Congress for not only his failure to reply to subpoenas, but his demand that almost all of his administration not reply to any congressional subpoenas, open contempt of Congress, and abuse of power. And what I know is that Congress could have chosen 10 different acts to find him guilty of abuse of power. And in some ways, impeachment is a trial in and of itself. They call what will happen next in the Senate a trial, but in many ways, it's the sentencing phase of the process where they determine whether or not they will uphold the impeachment and remove the president or deny the the consequences of the impeachment and allow the president to remain in office. I didn't know this until yesterday, but Donald Trump is the first Republican to be impeached. He is the first president to be impeached in his first term. Indeed, his corruption and his abuse of power started even before he took office. I don't just mean um, when he was an everyday citizen. Of course, he has abused his power his entire life, but he abused power when he was running for president and was corrupt and deeply problematic. And as we know, multiple members of his staff are now in prison for what they did in his campaign and after he was elected, but before he was inaugurated. And Donald Trump didn't change. Of course he didn't. And he continued these uh, horrible ways and habits. The man has no morality or integrity. He continued them literally on day one. And so he could have been impeached on so many grounds. I think chief among them, the crimes against humanity, that his administration has committed and continue to commit at our southern border with Mexico as immigrants from all over the world were forcefully detained and put in horrible conditions, dying at an alarming rate, often children separated from their parents, then shipped off all over the country while their parents were routinely deported back to their home country. We don't even have an accurate number right now of how many children 
that were forcefully separated from their parents are here while their parents ha- are still deported, still outside of this country. You may not know this, but there's an international criminal court that 133 nations participate in. Donald Trump should be tried and his administration and everyone who participated should be tried for crimes against humanity. But the United States pulled out of that international criminal court and does not participate in it, of course. And so here we are. Donald Trump is now the first Republican to be impeached. He is now the first president to be impeached in his first term. And he is, of course, running for reelection. And many of us think of of Richard Nixon as one of the impeached presidents, but he actually resigned before the impeachment process got to this point. Really, I think, because he knew the writing on the wall. What I didn't understand is Trump just being the third president to be impeached, Andrew Johnson, Bill Clinton, and now Donald Trump, is that no president has been removed from office in the impeachment process. That is to say, it has passed the House three different times and has never passed the Senate with the majority strong enough, the, the two-thirds majority, the 67 senators, to be removed from office. What has never happened that is about to happen is when Bill Clinton was impeached, all 100 senators, literally 100% of them, agreed on the rules of the trial. Doesn't mean that it wasn't cantankerous, that it wasn't um, uh, partisan in many ways. But before the Senate trial begins, the senators who will be participating in it have to take an oath to be impartial. Literally, in the oath is the word impartial. Well, Mitch McConnell was on television this past week, of course, on Fox News where he literally said, I will not be impartial. I mean, he literally used the word and said he will not be impartial and that he is actually openly corresponding with the Trump administration in the White House and the White House counsel on his strategy, which will be a violation of his Senate oath. He has now openly said, I will not be impartial. That's a quote. And that is a part of the oath of this process. So we are encountering something that is going to be deeply illegitimate. And Nancy Pelosi yesterday in a press conference was asked repeatedly if she is now going to send her articles of impeachment directly to the Senate, and her non-answer basically reveals her strategy is that no, because the Senate trial, which Trump and Republicans all over the country want to quickly get done with without actually calling any witnesses. They don't want a trial. Remember, they don't want Donald Trump to testify. They don't want any members of his administration to testify. It's not going to be a trial if, if Senate Republicans have anything to do with it. 
They want it to come and go as quickly as humanly possible. And because Mitch McConnell openly said, I won't be impartial, Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats are going to hold on to those articles of impeachment, hold off on deciding who the impeachment managers will be. Um, The Speaker of the House typically appoints uh, a team of several Democrats uh, who will be, or several members of Congress, who will be the impeachment managers of the process there in the Senate. And until she announces who those managers will be and passes those articles of impeachment over to the Senate, such a trial can't take place. And I think Democrats are smartly trying to use any leverage they have to force them in to having something akin to an actual trial. I want to play two clips for you um, just that give you a real glimpse, a real uh, a real peek into the mind of how Republicans see Donald Trump. Let me play this first clip for you. It's from Congressman Loudermilk. That name Loudermilk may sound strange to you, but I lived in Georgia for almost 15 years, and that name is a name you hear all over Georgia. It's a wealthy family that's had influence in Georgia politics for a very long time. And Congressman Barry Loudermilk, yesterday in the impeachment proceedings before the vote was held, made a statement, as dozens and dozens of congresspeople did, made a statement on the impeachment. And I need to play it for you as he compares Donald Trump to Jesus and says that Jesus received a fairer trial from Pontius Pilate than Donald Trump is receiving. I I have to play the clip for you. It's just 22 seconds. It is very insightful. I'll break it down after I play the clip. Here it goes. Before you take this historic vote today, one week before Christmas, I want you to keep this in mind. When Jesus was falsely accused of treason, Pontius Pilate gave Jesus the opportunity to face his accusers. During that sham trial, Pontius Pilate afforded more rights to Jesus than the Democrats have afforded this president in this process. I yield back. back. Break it down. Do you understand, you know, maybe maybe you're not religious or you don't know the, the nature of the story. But do you know how ridiculous it is, first and foremost, just to compare Donald Trump to Jesus in any way? It is a disturbing glimpse into the mind of Republicans right now that they are thinking of him and Jesus in the same light in any kind of way. And then for them to say that the trial of Jesus In the Bible, the one that ended in Jesus being executed by the government, crucified, that ended in him being publicly abused and beaten and scorned and crucified and killed, that that trial was more fair than what Donald Trump has had? Ah, (laughs) oh, 
God, the ignorance, the preposterous uh, foolishness. Donald Trump has refused to testify. He has demanded that every member of his administration not testify. He has refused to turn over 70 different requests for documents. Sir, your president, Congressman Loudermilk, your president, first, is not a savior, is not a messiah, is not a Jesus figure. But further than that, your president has had ample opportunity to participate in this process. Indeed, now Republicans control the Senate and Democrats have already said, let's allow the president to testify here. Let's swear him in. Let's call his administration in. You can't refuse to testify, refuse to turn over evidence, then say you haven't been given a fair trial. While Donald Trump was being impeached, he had an enormous event in Michigan and Trump, I think, smart, smartly is going to be holding a lot of events in Michigan because he thinks he can win there. He won there before. And I say this in, in all earnest, sobering reality that he can win again. And it was a brilliant move to have him have an event in Michigan, a, a crucial, crucial swing state on the day of his impeachment. It was packed. People waited in the freezing cold, some camping overnight. Again, do not take this man lightly. But Trump was unhinged, red-faced, fuming all night, clearly embarrassed and angry. And when he got off script, people write his speeches for him. And it's wild because he mocked President Obama for years for using a teleprompter. And Trump can hardly get through any remarks intelligently without badly reading from it. He's a horrible public speaker. For a few minutes last night, he got off of the teleprompter and made what I think may be some of the cruelest remarks he's ever made. And I don't say that lightly, and that's difficult to say because this man has been incredibly cruel, uh, apparently from the time of his teenage years until now. But in the state of Michigan, there was a beloved congressman, John Dingell, who was one of the most popular congressmen ever in the state of Michigan, who passed away earlier this year. And his wife, Debbie Dingell, a great woman, took over his seat. And Trump proceeded going off teleprompter to start to mock Debbie Dingell calling and then suggested at first saying that John Dingell was looking down from above, a great kind man. And then in a moment of gross cruelty said, I don't know, maybe he's looking up, suggesting that he's looking up from hell. Let me play this clip for you. My blood is boiling over this. You have a hero for Michigan? Debbie Dingle, that's a real beauty. 
So she calls me up like eight months ago. Her husband was there a long time. But I didn't give him the B treatment. I didn't give him the C or the D. I could have. Nobody would have, you know. I gave the A-plus treatment. Take down the flags. Why are you taking them down? For ex-Congressman Dingle. Oh, okay. Do this, do that, do that. Rotunda, everything. I gave him the, everything. That's okay. I don't want anything for it. I don't need anything for anything. She calls me up. It's the nicest thing that's ever happened. Thank you so much. John would be so thrilled. He's looking down, he'd be so thrilled. Thank you so much, sir. I said, that's okay, don't worry about it. Maybe he's looking up, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But let's assume he's looking down. Without even seeing what Debbie Dingle said in response, I thought, how gross of a human being do you have to be to suggest that a person like this is in hell? Debbie Dingle wrote a tweet to Donald Trump yesterday, last night, saying how painful this holiday season was for her. Any of you who've lost loved ones know how hard the first holidays can be as you go without your loved one for the very first time. The last holiday season, my whole family experienced that with my brother who passed away. Each holiday was difficult for me, but was even more difficult for his wife and children. And Debbie Dingle wrote how painful this holiday season already was for her, and then said to Trump that you have made it so much harder for me is beyond the pale. This is the man that is the president of the United States. Petty is not the word. He's disgusting. He's a horrible human being. And listen to me. We must organize and vote like our lives and the future of this country depends on it to defeat this man. We can defeat him. I think I see a path to defeating him, but it's going to take everything we've got. I've got to run Have a busy, busy day as we prepare to close out our offices for the holiday. And then I have something cool that I'll be doing in about 10 days that I can't wait to share with you. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Break, 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 break,